Blog Talk Radio. Radio Nation, it is Sunday night. I am LeVar, and you are tuned into Upon Further Review. A lot of things going on here in the uh, final seconds in sports. We've got a Sunday night football game and a Sunday night baseball game, uh, which is reaching its closing moments. And, uh, of course, for all of you who are keeping one eye on the Sunday night football game, and if you're wondering if the Jets will score, they've got less than a minute to do that with Tim Tebow at the helm. And for those of you, of course, who are Watching the baseball game, of course, that one is uh, pretty much an open and shut case as the Atlanta Braves are leading the Giants 7-1 to in the bottom of the night, two out for the Giants, but they've got runners on first and second. So we'll keep you updated on both of those, and you can always catch us on the wonderful world of Twitter. And uh, as I'm watching the highlights here, and the Jets just missed one, <laughs> so... Still wondering if they're going to score a touchdown, but you can always catch us on the wonderful world of Twitter at NewsCometBTR, or you can catch us on our webpage at NewsCometBTR.Wix.com forward slash fan page. So we got a lot going on, and uh, like I said, those two late games, and also a reminder here that as we head into the NFL season, uh, due to the fact that we got late games and everything else that's kind of wrapping up and as we reach late into the year on a lot of things, our time will change. So two weeks from tonight, not next week, but two weeks from tonight, the time for our show changes to 30 minutes later at 10.30 Central Standard Time. That's two weeks from tonight. So yes, um, kind of give you that extra 30 minutes to catch that late NFL game or if you were especially watching a preseason game, as you know, it's uh, 10 o'clock normally it uh, wouldn't go. But uh, I can tell you now the final uh, from the Carolina game is that that one is over. The Carolina Panthers have beaten the Jets. It looks like 17-12 here. Uh, so no touchdowns again <laughs> once again for the Jets, who, according to Mark Sanchez in an interview tonight with NBC, uh, pretty much uh, – said, don't give up hope. Uh, things will probably happen, and things will come out. It's just preseason, but uh, it's a little disturbing. And also at the same time, while that's ending, uh, I can tell you that Atlanta has defeated uh, San Francisco 7-1. to Tim Hudson uh, pitching seven straw innings in that one and even picking up the win. And I guess since we have started that now, we will go to the scoreboard. It was the Yankees beating Cleveland 4-2 to as Curtis Granderson hit home run number 33 on the season. 200th of his career, it is Detroit beating the Angels 5-2. Prince Fielder, Delman Young, back-to-back home runs on just two pitches. St. Louis beat Cincinnati 8-2 as Matt Holliday had four hits and four RBIs in his last six games. He's batting 444, 12-27 with eight RBIs in that one. St. Louis 
uh, with a crucial win there against Cincinnati as they are looking to at least get a share of a wild card spot. Toronto and Baltimore postponed today. No uh, word yet on when that will be made up. Philadelphia beat Washington 4-1 to as Cliff Lee, seven strong innings pitch. His first home win in nearly a year, his last home win coming September 5th, uh, September 5th of last year. Milwaukee beat Pittsburgh 7 to nothing as the Pirates have now lost five of the last six games. Boston beat Kansas City 8-6. James Looney, in his debut with Boston, hit the uh, game-tying single, and Jacoby Ellsbury got the go-ahead run an inning later. Sox beat Seattle 4-3 in seven innings in that one. It was uh, the Sox' second consecutive series sweep. They beat the Yankees this week, and now they've beaten Seattle. Tyler Flowers with the late-inning heroics there just before the rains came back again. Rain pretty much a factor in quite a few games today, along with the Toronto-Baltimore one. Uh, some other games were delayed. Another game that was shortened was the Cubs game over Colorado, as uh, it was raining still here in Chicago tonight as of this hour. And... Uh, that was a final at eight innings. Chris Volstead ending his 24-start win streak, um, finally picking up a win there in the rain there for the Cubs over Colorado. Minnesota beat Texas 6-5 to as the Twins snap a five-game losing streak. Miami beat the Dodgers 6-2. to Four home runs powered Miami in that game. Uh, also good news for Los Angeles out of that one. Before the game, they announced that Vince Scully, will be back for his 64th season next year. Scully has been with the team since 1950. And, of course, in uh, his time, he has, in recent memory, changed back on his schedule. And he's just done West Coast games, home games. But next year, uh, the Dodgers will be making a trip to New York, and he wants to make that trip to Yankee Stadium. So uh, good to see Vince Scully coming back for another year. San Diego beat San Arizona. 5-4 today. Uh, that is uh, seven wins in a row for the Padres, who look to now kind of be like the spoiler team here, and the team that is trying to make a late season run. And as we said, Atlanta beat San Francisco in the Sunday night game. Tim Hudson uh, picking up, I think, win number 13 for Atlanta. So that pretty much was on the baseball schedule of things. Uh, as we said, a busy day in sports and golf. It was Nick Watley winning the Barclays over Brant. Snedeker, if you're wondering what happened, Sergio Garcia, he finished tied for third, uh, along with Dustin Johnson, and uh, also uh, in that one, Graham DeLay, and Lee Westwood, and Louis Usen, uh, and Brian Harmon, and a couple of the players tied for fifth, so in that one, a busy leaderboard, but Nick Watney holding on for a win, I think he was two strokes, st- two strokes behind coming into the uh, third round, so uh, good for him. Denny Hamlin picking up the win at the Sprint Cup Series at Bristol. Jimmy Johnson finishing in second. Jeff Gordon in third. And uh, the race for the Cup uh, for uh, NASCAR begins soon. I know it starts off here in Chicago, and as we said, there was NFL action. Carolina beat New York 17-12, to and earlier today, it was uh, San Francisco over Denver 29-24, don't be fooled in that one, though. Peyton Manning had a fantastic day. Uh, 10 of 12, 122 yards, two touchdowns. When he left, he left with a 17 to nothing lead. Unfortunately, San Francisco's backup quarterbacks uh, came back and kind of did the job a little bit as well, and they helped David Akers, who had five uh, field goals in that game. Denver, their backup quarterbacks, not doing so well, uh, and that uh, unfortunately got the loss for them. And uh, in the Little League World Series, it was Japan beating Tennessee 12-2. to Noriatsu Osaka, three home runs in that game. He went four for four, had a triple, 
and Kotaro Kiyomorie, uh had eight strikeouts in four innings. He pitched uh, uh, at least uh, a 70-mile-per-hour-plus uh, pitch in that one. Not sure if you saw that game, but he was just too good, could not be stopped. Disappointing loss for Tennessee, who had just beaten California in an instant classic from yesterday, 24-16. A lot of action going on there at the Little League World Series, but it is Japan once again, which I think is their uh, seventh or eighth uh, World Series victory in the last decade or so. So uh, powerhouse going on there. Also in WNBA action tonight, it was Seattle over New York 84-66. And Chicago beat Connecticut 82-70. to So, looking at all of that, <laughs> tonight on the broadcast, we were going to have a couple of things. Uh, looking at the sports calendar, of course, the NFL season's coming up next week on this broadcast, uh, which will come to you at around 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, we will have our NFL preview show. A lot of you starting your NFL Fantasy League drafts this weekend. Uh, good luck with that. Probably did it today, probably did it yesterday, but uh, a lot of you have started on that. But we will come with the actual preview show, our thoughts next week on who we think uh, you will see in February in New Orleans at the Super Bowl. And there is a lot of talk this year on some squads who, of course, are the favorites and some who may be surprises. But uh, such is the case. Speaking of picks and surprises, also tonight we we're going to have, and I will continue with that. Uh, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about Lance Armstrong uh, with all of that that's going on. You know, quite honestly, a lot of people this week are saying, you know, why quit? Why stop the fight? And for Lance, you know, you have to look at it from a point as to a money issue. Even though he has money that's good enough to. Uh, set himself and his kids and probably his grandkids up for good. Um, this fight against the government uh, that will probably, unfortunately, take away his Tour de France titles. I know uh, some other federations and cycling federations still have to approve that, but that's not a final thing just yet. But uh, for Lance, I don't know. It is the same as when you hear baseball players or great baseball players who have taken steroids you know, uh, or in performance-enhancing drugs. Are they still the great athlete in your mind, even doing so what they did or allegedly did? Uh, You have to remember Lance Armstrong uh, has never been proven to have taken uh, what the agencies are saying that he took. And uh, when they came out with these allegations and really just lowered the boom on him, it it was a long fight uh, that he's been fighting ever since he pretty much has stopped his uh, cycling career uh, with the last Tour de France, which was a few years ago. And unfortunately for him at this point, it's really catching up with him. And so you can't really blame a guy for... You know, when he's pretty much licked, and even though you can pretty much fight it, but you've got to remember that that's money coming out of his pocket. And there comes a time when you just have to say enough's enough and you're looking to move on. So it kind of seems like more or less he, in his mind, is pretty much uh, set with where things are and what's going on. And even if they took it away, he is still going to profess his innocence. He's not going to talk about it again. He said in interviews, and I know he has mentioned to ESPN's Jeremy Shaft that, uh, he has no plans to talk about this anymore. Uh, 
whether it comes up or you know whether somebody wants them to talk about it, it's just not going to do it. And um, it is a shame. You know, when things like this happen, I always say, you know, you want to, uh, at that time, when things are not right, you want to kind of do your testing then. And it gets a little tough for hearsay and things that happen. It's kind of like what we talked about a few weeks ago with baseball. And, you know, like I said, I hate using baseball, but it's kind of uh, rampant right now with that. But with allegations of using things that, uh, enhance your performance, but it's the same as what we said with, uh, you know, Craig Biggio or Jeff Bagwell. You know, allegedly they're saying that these guys used, and Hall of Fame voting for them is coming up in less than a year or two for those guys. But you, we really didn't test them then, so you have to either go off of your own thoughts, uh, the thoughts of those who look to gain something from that, or Perhaps for them, you know, you wonder if so. And if they did, how much did it help? How much did it not help? And if it does, it's always going to be the age-old argument. Uh, For those who don't really care, they'll say, you know, for a baseball player, of course they have to see the ball and they have to connect with the ball. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, too, if it makes you stronger, it's going to knock it out of park as compared to maybe hitting it about 300 feet and being it out. (laughs) Just the same with cycling. If it helped them, it's not fair to the other people who biked in that same event, and if it helped his endurance more, then perhaps if he had made an even playing field, would he have won? So the choice will pretty much be up to you, the fans, as to whether he is still considered one of the great bicyclist or cyclist of all time. In my mind, it was Greg LeMond before him, because that's who I pretty much remember as a kid. The unfortunate thing here, or the fortunate thing for him, it didn't hurt his uh, Live Strong Foundation. Donations were up about 25% since all of this has gone down. So in one way, it helps a good research uh, in some ways, but the negative press will hurt his legacy. But does one really care about a sport's legacy when all is said and done? You know, some sports, if, say if I'm a UFC fighter, I could care less. I mean, you look back, I, I pummeled the guy. I made my money, and I got out. If they took away everything tomorrow, I don't think it would hurt me none because at that point I made my money from it. But when it comes to sports such as cycling where Tour de France mean your greatness or for baseball, which it means the Hall of Fame, does it really matter after you leave? I'll leave that question up to you to decide. Speaking of sports, the U.S. Open for tennis begins this week in New York. Uh, Kids Day was celebrated this past weekend. Uh, I talked to my wonderful co-host, Katie, who usually joins me here on Sunday nights. And, of course, we all know she is a huge Roger Federer fan. And uh, <laughs> she will probably correct me on that one. But uh, she is picking Roger to win. Didn't really care about the women's tournament. So, of course, it will leave it to an impartial party here to pretty much give their own preview as to what's going to happen. And looking through the bracket, Federer pretty much has an easy road ahead. Uh, One of the fun things that I think I saw today, or one of the things that pretty much was confusing, if you go to the U.S. Open website for tennis, 
they have a bracket challenge, kind of like an NCAA bracket challenge. And it has their field of like 100, 200 some names on there. And I looked through the men's bracket, and in years past, I could pretty much pull out about 20, 30 names that sounded familiar. People who I at least had heard before. I don't think I've seen anybody on this bracket besides the normal five or six people that are on TV every week that even looked familiar. People from a lot of countries that I did not even know were that dominant in sports. And even for the American men, besides Andy Murray, not Andy, I'm sorry, not Andy Murray, but uh, you know, besides uh, you know our American uh, hope you know, that's going into this, it's not a lot of people. I kind of concur with my co-host, uh, unfortunately, when I say that I also have to pick Roger Federer. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Roger's a great athlete. Love him. Uh, but it's kind of like Sampras. Once you win it so often, you kind of get tired of it, and you like to see somebody else come out and kind of be dominant. And I know I'm going to uh, be a hypocrite uh, when I get over to the women's bracket, but I will explain that more so in a minute. No Rafael Nadal in this one. Uh, and it looks like uh, Andy Murray uh, will probably face Federer. I think he'll fall short in that final bracket. You know, every year there seems to be that standout player or that upset special that comes through. I think a few years ago it was uh, uh, Melanie Odan. And she blew through it until, you know, semifinals, finals, and lost it. I don't see that happening on the men's bracket. I do see over on the women's bracket quite a few familiar names, some very interesting matchups. I think the first-round matchup between Venus Williams and Bethany Maddox-Sands could be interesting. Depends on how Venus comes in. If she does not come in 100%, she could see an early upset just like she did at Wilma. But I think that when all is said and done, the smoke clears, you will probably see Serena Williams winning this once again. I think that uh, the player to watch probably will be Kim Kleisters because it is her last go-around, and she will be definitely the sentimental favorite. And when I went through that bracket, I had her going through at least a couple of rounds or three rounds before losing. So enjoy it while you can. But overall, I think that when the dust settles, it will be the same as it were at Wimbledon. Nothing, I think, will change much. Roger Federer will win over on the men's side, Serena Williams over on the women's side. It will be some interesting tennis. Uh, perhaps some people can make names for themselves here and perhaps one of the final big uh, opens of the year for tennis. But we'll definitely be covering her here because it will be spread out over the span of about a week and a half or so. So uh, we'll have a lot of tennis between now and two weeks from tonight or a week from tonight, and we will mention it next week uh, in our sports update. Now on to our college football preview. And I will admit to you that even coming up on 10 o'clock here in Chicago tonight, I had a tough time trying to decide who would be in the national title game. One of the things about the college football preview wasn't so much it's not going to be, if you want to see long previews, you can go to ESPN. They'll play out the same thing. I think one of the things that we were looking at was which conferences were going to dominate the BCS standings this year. So far, you've seen a lot of Big Ten teams stacked in there in that top 25. 
I was also going to look at three games that everyone should watch who will be a surprise top 25 team and what our picks were for the national championship game and who will win. Unfortunately for my co-host that's not here tonight, uh, she is going to be excused from that. Somehow I have a feeling she was trying to back out on trying to actually pick a winner, but that's just me. We'll come with that on a different time. But when you look at the brackets, or when you look at the conferences, the stand, you know, standings alone from last year, and you put it to this year, and there are a lot of people who are talking about the ACC, how to expect another national champion out of there. I don't know. It's a strong conference. There will probably be a representative from the ACC in a national title game. There's no doubt about that. When you have a conference that has, uh, you know, teams such as, well, of course, Miami can't uh, partake, but uh, I'm sorry, the SEC, that's right, ACC, SEC. <laughs> uh, when you have teams such as an LSU and Alabama and Arkansas, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, it, it gets a little tough to not overlook it. A few weeks ago, I actually had sat here and I said, what about Oregon? I actually thought they should have been, just for the sheer respect of the last few years of what they've done, they should have been number one. I thought a, little people were, a lot of people were quick to pick USC. Kind of seeing that USC vote was for, hey, you know, you guys have been gone for a couple of years, you got Lane Kiffin in, you got some great players, and now you're not on probation anymore, so we're going to put you back at number one. Not so fast. I don't know if I'm going to drink the USC Kool-Aid. I don't even know if I'm going to drink the Florida State Kool-Aid that Curb Street's putting out there. Florida State, it seems that whenever there's high expectations, they disappoint. Their schedule this year, I see them getting double-digit wins, but I see them tripping up somewhere along the way where it's going to screw them out of a national title game. So tonight, on my bet here, if I had to choose a national title game, I'm going to tell you right now that it will not involve USC. It will not involve Florida State. I think that the national title game, and heaven help me, <laughs> will be Oklahoma versus West Virginia. Just a thought. Now, I know a lot of you are laughing. You're saying, West Virginia, we're already in the Big East. It's a conference that has Cincinnati, Louisville, Rutgers, Pitt, Connecticut, South Florida, and Syracuse. Yes, I know. But every year it seems that there's always some team in there that gets there that shouldn't have been there. And if there is any time for a team to run tables, one would have to think that this is perhaps the year that West Virginia could actually do it. Now, a lot of people have them pegged for a Sugar Bowl, but if you think about it, the Mountaineers have an explosive offense led by a Heisman Trophy candidate and Geno Smith. The team could score points even against the nation's best defenses, which could make it very dangerous. But it can also be their good point in their Achilles heel, because as the offense goes, so will go West Virginia. But if it goes well, and if they stay consistent, I think you will see West Virginia versus Oklahoma, with Oklahoma winning. 
just my opinion. Just my thought. Now, the three games this year that I think everybody is going to want to see, of course, starting off the season, Michigan-Alabama has got to be one of them in that list. That one's Saturday, Saturday, September 1st. Definitely want to check that one out. Neutral site game in Texas. It's going to, you know, pretty much put out there whether Alabama, I mean, and whether Michigan can actually be one of those top elite teams. Last year they impressed a lot of people, did a lot of great things. Michigan has a rough schedule ahead of them, but I think that should they persevere, they will make a lot of noise as well. Could be an upset team in that Big Ten. A lot of people are overlooking them. Everybody's looking at Nebraska. Everybody's looking at Wisconsin. I would not overlook Michigan. Or even looking at Michigan State. They're looking at three teams ahead of Michigan, who last year was one of the better teams, uh, one of the most dangerous teams in that Big Ten. I think the second game that everybody's going to want to see is probably going to be a couple weeks after that, Alabama and Arkansas. You know, how much better could you get on that one? And then it was tough choosing the third game. Of course, in October, you've got Texas and Oklahoma, which should be a good one. You should have a good Big Ten matchup uh, in late September with Wisconsin and Nebraska. You also will probably have a good one on October 6th with Georgia and South Carolina. Of course, December 1st, Oklahoma, TCU. And then that Thanksgiving holiday where you're going to have pretty much a plethora of good games. The 23rd, you got LSU and Arkansas. And on the 24th, you got four big games. You've got Florida, Florida State, Notre Dame, USC, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma, and Michigan and Ohio State. All good games. They could have made the top three list. But just for the sheer heck of it all, I don't think that you can choose a big game of the year. Even if they were both 0-10, then the game that will take place on December 8th, and that will be Army versus Navy. You know, I think if you had to have a sports bucket list, you definitely have to go and see an Army-Navy game. Even after all these years, even after all the bad teams they've played, even if they're not playing for a national title, I think just the atmosphere and being there for an Army-Navy game has got to be something. Even on TV, it just looks like something that you want to see no matter if the teams both were bad. I'm not going to say sucked out of respect, but just were bad. But those are definitely my top three games. That's my national title game. I think that uh, it's going to be a very interesting college football season because you've got some really good teams. But I think as soon as we get to even the halfway point of the season, there are going to be some teams that are going to start to leave the pack. And those will be the teams that we will hear more about in January. But with that wanted to thank all of you for listening to tonight's edition of Upon Further Review. Hope I didn't bore you too much here as I flew solo tonight. Uh, Hopefully Katie will be back with us next week. But until next we meet, I am LeVar. And, of course, as always, stay tuned to our website or our uh, Facebook page at News Comet uh, Blog Talk Radio or over on Twitter at News Comet BTR for the latest on all programs that will be going on here on an easy comment network on blog talk radio. So I can't thank you enough for listening, but the clock on the wall is telling us that we are close to our time being up. 
Thanks so much for listening, everybody, this Sunday night, and we will see you next Sunday night. And don't forget, two weeks from tonight, our new startup time, just in time for the NFL season, 10.30 Central Standard Time. It's two weeks from tonight, but next week we'll see you back here, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. So from Chicago, have a great night, everybody. We'll see you when we see you.